Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister, hopefully. Woo, you're actually there. <laughs> okay, hey. you're hearing me. Well, you know, if we're going to get all the kinks out, let's do it in the intro. Yeah, why not? Let's <laughs> okay. get them out of the way. <laughs> oh, uh, how you doing this week? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. It's shorts weather now, so I'm happy. Summer's uh, on the way. It's getting close here. It's deceptively bright outside, but still freezing cold. <laughs> but there's no more snow right. on the ground. It's all gone, so... Same here. Birds are out and about. It's it's a uh, spring is a coming. All right, spring is in the air. Yes. Uh, AI disruptions in the air too. So I let's see. just jump right in. Okay. Goldman Sachs uh, put out a, a report and they say they predict three hundred million jobs will be lost or degraded by artificial intelligence. Okay. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> but they also contend that automation creates innovation, which leads to new types of jobs, and they see a a, a rise of GDP up by seven percent. In the coming years. It's so, the circle of life. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. The new jobs will be made. Old jobs will be lost. Uh, geez. Happened a lot of times. You know what happened when, when man discovered fire? Old jobs got lost. New jobs yes. were created. The, the, <laughs> the, the guys that like cuddled at night to keep you warm, out of a job. The guys that had to tender to keep the, keep the flame burning, new job. New job. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we are seeing this new job coming to fruition right before our very eyes, the, the rise of the prompt engineer. I love the fact that it started as a joke and it's now a job. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and this is, I mean, this is what's making news right now is this one company. Uh, they are called Anthropic. Uh, they're out of San Francisco. They are looking for a prompt engineer and librarian. Hopefully not the librarian from the Discworld. That would be a little interesting. <laughs> so, but the of course it's making news right now because it's one of the first job opportunities to be a prompt engineer that is public. But the the thing that is tipping it over the edge is the expected salary range for this position is one hundred and seventy five thousand to three hundred and thirty five thousand dollars a year. That ah. uh, will get you a cup of coffee in San Francisco. It, it you might you <laughs> you can get half a slice of avocado toast. <laughs> you certainly wouldn't half. be able to buy a house. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, God, that's no. an outrageous salary, but not for San Francisco. No, not for well. I'll still take it. I'd move. <laughs> you give me three thirty-five. I'm moving back. I'm let just me not going well, to move. Uh, yeah. Do you think you actually have to be in office to become a prompt engineer? I don't I, see. Why sounds you like a work be. from home position to me. Hell yeah! <laughs> sounds uh, like work from my my you know. Is, 30 acre mansion in Belize salary to me too. So, yeah. And, you know, even if they never fill this job, the free press that they're getting out of this alone is worth it. Well, Come I am on. curious if it's a real position. I, I would be shocked. Um, I, well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Why not? These tools are effective for certain things, they are very, very good for certain things. And there's no doubt they're going to get better. I mean, there's no better way. To condense, uh, to condense something down into a thirty-second ad or a quick press release or anything like that, it takes it takes that initial work off your plate. Like you just got to touch it up. So yeah, well, people are actually writing books now with it. So there's a lot you can do. Yeah, and uh, I have gone down the prompt engineering rabbit hole for the past <laughs> couple of weeks now. You're gunning I mean, for this you know job, aren't it. you? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 angling for it. fuck this podcast thing, man. Uh, <laughs> No, but I've just been trying to get my head wrapped around all the different angles of it. So I've just been going whole hog with it. And um, 
I did look up where prompt engineering came from as a term, and it, it did come out of OpenAI from a research paper from 2021. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was part of their was... internal training methodology. So they use prompt mm-hmm. engineering to uh, attempt to basically, how do we keep this thing on track? <laughs> and how do we teach it to stay on track? Seriously. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think they really need to build in the start, start some Star Wars sound effects into OpenAI as, as it starts to go off the rails. It should go stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> stay on target. <laughs> yeah. I am kind of bummed, though, that AIQL was already taken because I thought that would be a great way to put it. You know, oh, I, I write AIQL. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, the cybersecurity crowd has grabbed that for attack investigation query language, which brah, snore. I don't so. know. It's pretty cool sounding. I'd like that on my business card. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. If my business card comes along with that $335,000 a year salary, I'll take that too. Yeah, well, you know, prompt engineering is going to be a thing. We we kind of said that at the beginning. It's going to be, it's it's the new Google query. Right. But remember what I also said was that the world is also going to need a hell of a lot more fact checkers. Well, that's the real thing, right? It isn't so Mm -hmm. much the query. It's you've got to review what comes out of that because... AI don't really give a shit about facts. Nope, nope. It is, uh, it's, it, it, you know, it's autocorrect. It, yeah. it, it, it is what it is. But here's yeah. the thing. The other thing that I said before, too, which I just want to drive home because I, I don't think we get the credit that we deserve for after 10 years of coming up with these. I'm just going to hammer them home. <laughs> uh, I hear that they are trying to figure out a way to start watermarking some of the the results out of these things. So when remember the problem i said before which is okay if everybody's using this thing everybody's posting it to the web they're basically pissing in the well for the it's training a, data that these it's AI, a AIs are going to do loop. yeah exactly yeah. you know so they're trying to put in markers so they can say oh wait this was generated by this this is generated by that where where's that going to come into we need content that is certified 100% human yeah let's stick with 4chan in the news New special report out, Brian. Tesla Mm -hmm. workers shared sensitive images recorded by customer cars. Shocking absolutely no one. (laughs) Yeah, this is not surprising to anybody that's worked in tech at all Mm -hmm. whatsoever. You know, it just it constantly happens all the time. Benign to not so benign like some of these were. Uh, You know, even at my new job right now, customer service, uh, really off the rails, insane customer service requests that come in get shared within the office. Of course they do. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. That's the way it goes, man. That's the way it goes. So yeah, these people were sharing uh, car crash videos. um, Yeah. Drivers naked walking around their car, which, you know, hey. What are you doing (laughs) naked walking around your car? probably trying to find your pants that you locked inside because that's where your keys are. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, disturbingly, a video of a child being run over is being shared. I mean, it's people, you know, straight to 4chan. This is what we're training our chat GPTs on. Yep, exactly. So, yes, we we know that this is obviously going to be a thing. And, you know, they say that they've got safeguards in place to uh, <laughs> I know. I know. To to disassociate the camera images from the the IP or the uh, geolocation tracking so you can't tell where these people are. I'm like, "Well, why don't you just look up the billing database, you dumb shits? You have all the information." This this theater of saying, "Oh, no, it's anonymous and we do not marry the two." It's like, 
where's the who pays the bill every month? We yeah. know who that is. We know whose the car is. We know where the billing address is. We know where the geolocation of the car is yeah. because the car is connected to the internet twenty four fucking seven. We can see the so. house number in the camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is not hard stuff, and no. I'm still saying that in the future, this is what I predict. This is what I predict, and I, be- I believe this will come true at some point. You know, we're having this kerfuffle right now with ring cameras and law enforcement. Imagine when it comes down to, hey, law enforcement can just open up the entire web of cameras on these cars to either, you know, track a suspect that is fleeing a crime scene mm-hmm. or maybe an Amber Alert. You marry those cameras with a license plate scanner, fucking game over, man. Game yep. over. So it is going to happen. It is going to yeah. happen. There's going to be a use case where some fucking politician comes in and say, we need the power to do this. And somebody will be asleep at the wheel. No pun intended. And nobody will be there to fight back. And then this will happen. And it, you know what? It, with appropriate yeah. oversight and regulation, I'm OK with that. But the problem is <laughs> we never get the appropriate oversight or regulation. And we always get. Yeah, how's that going? Asses. How's that working nowadays? Well, how's that you know, working? it's a good theory, Jason, and I'm sticking to it. But okay, you know. let, let me let me go. I'm going to cut you a check from uh, Silicon Valley Bank if you uh, if you want one of those. Well, in uh, further Tesla news, a jury has reduced Tesla's 137 million dollar racism lawsuit penalty to 3.2 million dollars. Uh, this goes back to uh, Owen Diaz, a former black contract worker, accused the company of enabling a racist workplace, who was originally awarded 137 million dollars in damages on the basis of discrimination. Appeals have lowered it significantly, showing that uh, Elon Musk is kind of not wrong and only paying his lawyers and not paying anybody else. Certainly working out for him. Ah, uh, the case isn't over yet because, of course, there's an appeal to the appeal to the appeal to the appeal to the appeal. So this will be an ongoing thing. But um, basically, the the judge basically said that's a ridiculously excessive amount of money and lowered the total to fifteen million dollars. But the jury took it even lower than that. Uh, Three point two million. That's nothing to shake a stick at. No, I mean, I I remember when that one hundred and thirty seven came down, and we both were like, uh, "That's a little much." Yeah, I it was think, pretty you know. insane. I'm not saying yeah. that Elon Musk isn't uh, isn't shouldn't be paying one hundred and thirty seven million dollars to people all over the place, but not in this particular case. Right, right. Spread it around. Yeah. Spread it around is what yeah. we're saying. Yep, and I don't know if you've logged into Twitter recently, but apparently we were supposed to. Everybody was supposed to lose their blue checks as of uh, April first. Everybody still has their blue checks except for the New York Times because Elon Musk basically said, fuck them. I don't like them. Yeah. Because that's, that's how Twitter it. works now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, and speaking of Twitter working that way, Twitter also designated NPR as U.S. state affiliated media because Elon Musk doesn't like them either. <laughs> okay. Those labels are usually reserved for state-run organizations such as RT and Sputnik in Russia and China's news agency. But they've decided to put it on fucking NPR. Well, you the know, most it milk is kind toast of, of all media. <laughs> I don't know. So some of those shows are kind of a crime. So yeah, I'm just saying you can't. Yeah, state-run media for being boring. Not quite. That's same. about it. <laughs> Not quite the same, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And in continued Elon Musk multiple companies that he can't run at all <laughs> news. Do we have, can do, are we going to? We, we got a trifecta. Woo! <laughs> SpaceX next-gen Starlink satellites have started falling from space. In okay. one month since SpaceX launched 21 mini versions of its next generation Starlink satellites, and we're not even going to get into the fact that let's talk about how much junk he's putting up there right now for yep. some bullshit internet access that hardly anybody is using, and he takes away capriciously for no reason whatsoever if he doesn't like you. 
Yeah. These things aren't staying in the sky. One has fallen Whoops. out already. They're mm-hmm. doing controlled burns to try to get other ones higher because they keep going lower. It's called gravity. They call it deorbiting. I call it oh. you fucked up and it's crashing. Yeah, I would say that's that's probably what happened. <laughs> uh, somebody didn't fill up the tank on the uh, the rocket ship and get. Well, it high he forgot enough. to pay the bill for the gas, Jason. Oh yeah, well if you're in California, don't, don't get me started on the gas bills. <laughs> Do not get fourteen hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars for gas for yeah. two for a two bedroom house. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh, if if Elon really needs to talk about state run media. Uh, he should, you know, talk to his buddy Xi Jinping, who also is uh, has put the hammer down on Midjourney somehow because you cannot get uh, a, an image of Xi Jinping from Midjourney. Was this because of the whole uh, Winnie the Pooh thing? I don't know that what the cause off. was, but okay. um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. the uh, The founder and CEO Dave Holtz had an interview, and he said. We just want to minimize drama. Political satire in China is pretty not okay. <laughs> and, and at some point would endanger people in China from using the service. You know what's um, still kind of okay? Kitty porn. Well, I think you you need, uh, what is it? What's the unstable, unstable journey for that or what it was? The well, unstable one. See, the, there's the whole prompt engineering unstable aspect, fusion, Jason. Because yeah. from what I understand is people keep finding ways to prompt engineer their way around the guardrails. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, man. I Look, I, I even started to write a script about a movie called Prompt like three <laughs> months ago about cre- clever prompt engineers who, who were doing that exact sort of thing. And uh, it's going to keep happening. It's definitely going to keep happening. You yeah. know, as soon as somebody figures out the correct prompt to unlock the thing that lets this thing, un, you know, out of the gate yes. and lets, lets it run free – which I'm sure that there's a secret word somewhere because we know how programmers work. <laughs> you know, backdoors are there for a reason. Well, uh, I, I have an example, a very benign one. A YouTuber has, provi- yeah. has proved that he can uh, prompt engineer ChatGPT to manufacture free Windows keys for Windows 95. Some of the time. Not all the time. <laughs> Some still, of the time. It's pretty good. But he's pretty able good. to get away, his way around it to the point where the system actually tells him, no, I did not give you an activation key. I'm not allowed to give you an activation key. Yep. Yes. Still gave him an activation. There's an activation key. key. <laughs> oh, I think nowadays you could probably just Google that and still get an activation. Well, if you key, really but... wanted to run Windows 95, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure you can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, and uh, Google, Google's barred. I, I have yet to play with this thing yet. I got the invite, but I haven't haven't gotten to give it give it a run for its money. But it might be kind of fun because it obviously is. Pretty keen on the conspiracy theories. Uh, <laughs> these guys are stepping on their dick left, right, and center, which is yeah. which is really kind of sad because I bet if they, you know, had not been firing all of their AI ethicists and things like that. Oh, yeah. I forgot. They kept firing at all their ethicists. Hmm. Remember that? Remember yeah. that? The chickens have uh, come home to roost. Yeah, well, uh, the site called NewsGuard has been running uh, running some queries against Bard, and uh, they say they found that Bard generated misinformation-packed essays for 76 out of 100 false narratives tested. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you if you want to get your you know your lizard people and QAnon on, then hop on over to Bard, I guess. Well, and, and here here's the sentence from this article that just fucking kills me, and this is the problem with everything. Bard isn't. Early experiment, according to Google, 
then why is it released publicly? They didn't want to. They they were for, they were quote unquote forced <laughs> no, they, into they, it. Brian. They were not forced into it. They chose to do it because yep. market share and mm-hmm. investor value. Well, and the sad thing is they they lost. They completely lost. Nobody yes. cares about Google's AI. They're they're fucked. <laughs> they are just yeah. They should shelve it. Just take it off. Hire those ethicists back and come up with a good one. That'll win. Yeah, because the yeah the category of chatbot has has just been just killed by open ai there's no coming back for google on this one uh they could you know they could sell this to hollywood though they could definitely sell this to hollywood as just a plot script you know device it's got the right name for it yes it it, it absolutely the branding is done (laughs) branding is done yep well a uk privacy watchdog is fine tiktok 12.7 million pounds so you know somewhat significantly more than just coffee money for what it says are several breaches of data protection laws, including how the app handled children's personal information. The ICO says that in 2020, TikTok allowed as many as 1.4 million kids aged under 13 to use the app in breach of its own rules. The ICO states that the companies offering information society services to under 13s need to obtain consent from the kids, parents, or guardians. How does one do that on the internet? I was thinking the same thing. It is basically a checkbox saying, are you over 13? Why, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's about it. But apparently, TikTok says they invest heavily to help keep under 13s off the platform, and our 4,000 or 40,000 strong safety team works around the clock to help keep the platform safe for our community. We will continue to review the decision and are considering next steps. What are those 40,000 people doing every day? Looking at TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> they get they, they, the algorithm has them, man. They can, they're just they're just swiping. That's the all. algorithm is just serving them the stuff that they want to see, which is I don't really feel like working. So show me stuff that doesn't break any rules. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yep, that's it. Oh, Tesla. Tesla is still in the news. Um, so they're making a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. They're doing they're making a ton of cars. Mm-hmm. The problem now is they're not selling a ton of cars. So they they made more than 78,000 cars more than they needed. So they've obviously fixed the production problem. Yep. Now they have to work on the sales problem. Yeah. Well, uh, he's he's tarnished his brand. That's the problem. That's what that's what it all comes back to Elon. Because here's the problem, Elon. Uh, The people that you're courting, they don't want to drive eco friendly cars. They they're doing the gas guzzlers on purpose because, you know, they got to they got to go America. They got America and I got to go pick up some Bud Light and blow them up because America. And uh, you've uh, basically ostracized the people that would buy your cars. They're going back to Priuses. So well yes, done. they are. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. You you have douche mobile number one now, which, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like I said before, everybody in this neighborhood is moving to Porsches because they're all frou-frou-y. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it, it is very smart of the Porsche dealership to be right next door to the Whole Foods. So. <laughs> It's like <laughs> one-stop shop. It is one-stop shop. You trade $75 in Tesla, asparagus and get a Porsche. That's about it. Comes free with, uh, if you use that stupid Amazon one hand scanner, they just give you a Cayenne or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how this is going to play out. If they're going to be able to bounce back or if this is a, a steady decline now. I, I'll tell you right now, Tesla could be the number one car company in the world in about five seconds. All they have to do is boot Elon. Just put them on the board and get them out of the way. Yep, yep. And they're working on a new cheaper version, which, you know, if you got rid of Elon and and released an affordable version, game over. Game yep. over. Yeah. They yep. would dominate. Yeah. But uh, speaking of shit no, no one wants, 
GM is uh, going to start charging subscriptions if you want to use your phone in the car. This has been making the rounds. I'm sure that they're going to dial this back a bit. but <laughs> Otherwise, nobody's ever going to buy a GM. Yes. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, I mean, some of the some of the people are making a decent point that, you know, Teslas, you can't use your phone. Um, so maybe that's another reason people aren't buying Teslas. Rivian can't use your phone. You have to use their built-in crap. So we'll see how this plays out. But um, this is this this will not stand, man. This will well, not first stand. First off, this this will okay. I don't know. Again, going back to the rental car market, a lot of GMs in the rental car market. You're never going to sell one of these to a rental car market again if people can't use their phones. It's a silly. It's a silly idea for just a few extra bucks. You know, yeah. this whole subscription platform with you, you, we had the BMW issues. We've got just everybody keeps thinking that this is a thing that they can get away with. Yep. You know, they're not going to be able to get away with this. People are going to start drawing the line. Well, you you buy the car, no subscription. I bought yeah. the fucking car. You well, want to give me the car for free and then just charge me a subscription every month? Sure. Okay, yeah, fine. Lease it. But then I'm That's not buying it. it. Everything's going to be leased. Yeah, That'll be it. Exactly. Then. Much like uh, our software. Uh. Yes. Speaking of stupid ideas, Virgin Orbit <laughs> has filed for bankruptcy protection as it seeks a buyer. Shocking. Yeah. Hey, hey, at least Branson got up once, you know? Yeah. Sort of. You know, space. Yeah. It was for $49.2 million of loss in its last fiscal quarter alone, he got to go to Ooh. space. Yeah, it tried to raise, raise money in 2021 by going public through a SPAC. Remember when SPACs were the big thing and yeah. it all failed, basically? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. it. And it was expected to raise $483 million, but it got less than half that amount in gross proceeds. As of uh, on March 30th, the company officially shuttered its space launch operations due to a lack of funding. It flew a total of six flights from 2020, though only four of which were able to put satellites in orbit, so they couldn't even get that business. Um, they are expected to report three hundred or thirty-three point one million revenue and a net loss of around one hundred ninety-one million for the twenty twenty-two fiscal year. So it sounds like a tech company should be fine. Yeah, yeah they should uh, get some AI going on in there, and they could get some more funding. It maybe put it on the blockchain. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So and there you go. Just to They're be clear, gone. this is Virgin Orbit, not Virgin Galactic. Yes, so. different. Yeah, different things. Although Virgin Galactic. Not doing so well either. I haven't seen any news since, you know, uh, Richard Branson got to space-ish yeah. on his first flight. I think, that's, I think that's what killed him. You know, trying to redefine the boundary of space just so you could say you went to space is not really a good marketing plan when you're trying to sell trips to space. Well, I think I, 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 to, you know, take it to its base level, I think the billionaires have blown their wads on their shooting up into space. We haven't heard anything from any of these companies after they, all the billionaires got up there. Like, yeah, it's they kind of done. That was the business model. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They kind of dried up the market on that one. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Meta has cut a bunch of jobs, as we've been talking about. They uh, cut 21,000 jobs recently. Mm -hmm. And uh, turns out people are getting upset because a lot of the people that were fired go figure customer service. I'm sorry. Custom they had customer service? This is what I'm going to get to in a second. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they, they killed customer service for influencers, communities, and businesses. Whereas I say, just like you just said, they've never had customer they've service for communities and businesses. It. I have given up trying to do anything on Facebook through businesses. For I haven't done it for years because there was no point. Nothing nope. ever worked. You sent messages into a void. You never got a response. It was completely useless. 
Yeah. And and just like uh, it's about as useless as influencers are. And now influencers are upset that Meta's useless. So, <laughs> you know, like like I always say, you can't complain about getting wet when you build your house in someone else's backyard and they turn on the fucking sprinklers. Now, this comes down to this. Uh, I, I, I use the term really fucking loosely here. Katya Karlova. Uh, she says she's an Instagram. <laughs> Katya Karlova. Who? Russian exactly. uh, tennis player? Model? Nope. No nope. boob model. Oh. She's, a, she's a curvy. She's a curvy model. Okay. Uh, so I went. To, I found her page and I looked at it. It is just pictures of her boobs. That's all. It's her. Her and her boobs. It's okay. all it is. Well, a tale I'm, as old as time, Jason. Yes, yes. She is a boner influencer, as far as I can tell. Uh, it, it, apparently, she's done some work in human trafficking and things like that. Um, uh, but she well, says this working is working really against damn- it. I hope <laughs> you should yes, probably clarify that. It. True, true, I guess. Yeah. Um, She's brought yeah, some young Russians over to the U.S. Could be, could be. Yeah. Uh, she says, this is really damaging. This is my brand and I work really hard to build it to be something impactful and positive. And you're not building your brand if you're building it on someone else's platform. Got Sorry. a website, Carla? Sorry. Sorry. Gotcha. Yeah, she does. Gotcha. She actually okay. does have a website. Uh, have so. you been driving people to it over the years to build up a mailing list so you actually own your own customers? Guess not. Hmm. Guess not. If she did, she wouldn't be bitching and moaning on CNBC. Right. Well, at least she got on CNBC. True. The eyes are up here, folks. Warmer, sunnier days are calling, and it's time to fuel up with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor Fresh's never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day that you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Step into a world of endless culinary delight with over 35 enticing meal options and over 60 tantalizing add-ons refreshed weekly. This May, supercharge your wellness journey with dietitian approved dishes built on ingredients you can count on. Treat your taste buds every day from sunrise to sunset with effortless nutritious choices, spanning from energizing breakfasts to delectable desserts. Indulge in the luxury of restaurant-caliber meals right at home. Savor the sophistication of filet mignon, the freshness of shrimp, and the bold flavors of blackened salmon. Simplify your life with Factor Meals, ready in just two minutes. Say goodbye to grocery runs, tedious prep, and cleanup. I love these things. I can't even tell you what I had this week because I had so many of them. But that's the great thing about Factor. Every week you have new options, and they're delicious. And you can tailor your eating experience with six specialized menu options. Whether you're looking to cut calories, boost protein, go meat-free, or maintain a well-rounded diet, they make it easy to support your lifestyle goals. Tune in to taste, convenience, and wellness with every bite. Head to factormeals.com slash grumpy50 and use code grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code grumpy50 at factormeals.com slash grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. 
private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap, and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Media Candy. A little follow-up on the where are they now problem that we discussed last time on all the shows that were disappearing from the streaming channels. Yep. Apparently Roku is taking them with open arms. And so an open we checkbook. Uh, and yeah, because I think they're getting these things for pennies on the dollar. Like they yeah. picked up the Nevers, you know, yeah, uh, something nobody wanted whatsoever. Well, speaking of something nobody wants, raised by wolves. Yep, they got that one too. <laughs> uh, the 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 dredges of Westworld, um, mm-hmm. finding Magic Mike. Woo! Uh, and, and apparently, Legendary is now on Roku as well. So okay. I worked with worked with some of those people. So that's where that's where everything has landed. So all right, well, all right, let's get on going to, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, let's get to the shows that we give a shit about now. Okay, sure. Picard. Okay, I don't know if there there might be a spoiler or two here. So <sighs> yep. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. It, yeah. Are we going to do spoilers? We can do spoilers. Sure. Why not? We can do spoilers. Okay. Go yeah. ahead. All right. Well, um, I, I, I'm fully on board with your advice, which is just enjoy it for the ride. Uh, great moments. Uh, everybody around the sitting around the the, the conference room uh, gave me tingles. Yeah. Uh, I'm even just like I'm I'm beyond, and I don't even care about the fact that Data just cannot die. I know. He's I know. unkillable. He will come back forever. So fine. I don't care. It was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I, I'm only sad because obviously we are sliding into the end. We're almost done here. Yeah. When you when you get rid of the main baddie, we're definitely getting yep. to the end. But we got we got a we got a nice f bomb drop at the end, which Good was great. F bomb drop, and also I think the best. Uh, the best part of the whole the whole shebang was Worf just talking to Troy and Riker going, "What the fuck? <laughs> Inappropriate!" <laughs> so good. That was really good. It was awesome. I loved uh, it. 
No, it's it's coming. Uh, I, hopefully, they stick the landing. But so yeah. far, I don't even care if they. Stick I don't the even care at this, not point. at this point. I don't get this. Is shit. it? Yeah, <laughs> I, everything was leading up to the last episode, and them all in the in the conference room. You yeah. know, yeah, they the could have cut room. it there, and I would have been like, fine, great. I don't care what happens. So, yep. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's a big push online for uh, Star Trek Legacy to come next, which will be uh, all the kids on a ship no. together, and uh, they'll appear every now and then giving advice. I, I don't. I'll take it. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I watched the first two episodes of Secession. They're up to three now, right? No, just two, I believe. Okay, then I've only watched the first one, so I have not seen the second one yet. Uh, very good. The problem I have with Secession is um, I like all types of humor, Jason, as you know, except for one. I, I like dark humor. I like uh, I like dad humor. I like poop humor. I like everything except for cringe humor. I cannot watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Something about oh, yeah. it makes my skin crawl. I want. I get fight or flight response. I want. I just cannot handle it. Secession is about as close to the edge in cringe as I can get. It is uncomfortable, but I do like it. Yeah, the second the the second episode in the season, there's a, a scene with everybody together, and that actually gave me a little I, I I hate to say this, I'm going to sound like a snowflake. I was actually mildly triggered by it. <laughs> um and uh, I get what you're saying. I, I can't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I also can't watch The Office either. That kind of humor makes my skin crawl too. Now, see, I was able to – I love the British office. I never got into the US office. I don't know yeah. why. what the difference is. I, I guess I like cringe if it's British. <laughs> yeah, must be. Must be. I guess. Uh, caught up with Ted Lasso. Absolutely loving it. I do hope this is the last season. Rumbles are being made online about it potentially not being if people want more. No, stop it. Please. Well, here's the deal. I'm sure they wrote it to be the last season, so I'm going yeah. to take this as the last season. You yeah. know, uh, just like just like Dead or um, not Dead Westworld. I think that the you know the penultimate episode of the final season. I, I I'm closing that off in my head as the last episode because it was such a perfect ending. <laughs> yeah, and me and Battlestar Galactica just not having an ending because they never wrote one, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> or lost or mm, yeah. uh, what was that other show that that guy did um where oh, half God. the people went away or whatever 10 percent. i don't know i don't know they just... that, that damon lindoff by the way yeah that's the, him yeah yeah the best news that came out and and i don't know if we're going to get to it because this has all been breaking all the star trek news we'll wait to see if dave's caught up on it we'll talk about it there or it'll be next week the best bit of news is that his fucking star wars movie got shit canned thank God. i heard i heard <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, you know what we can use ChatGPT for? We can go back and rewrite the endings for all these shitty shows. Like, give me a give me an ending for Battlestar Galactica that oh doesn't my suck. God, I would read all of those. Somebody needs oh. to start a wiki of it. Oh, I'm on it. I'm yeah. on it. All right. <laughs> Here we there, go. There we go. <laughs> Good endings to shows that had shit ones. Yep. That would be nice. Uh, found a couple, well, one new podcast and one great episode of the podcast I've been listening to. The new one is the You're Dead to Me podcast, which is by the guy whose history books I've been reading, Greg Jenner. And oh. these are short BBC Sounds, uh, 20, 30 minute podcasts uh, where he gets a, it seems to be a very British formula. You've got your gregarious host who kind of knows a little bit. You get an expert in the field of whatever you're talking about. And then you get a comedian who knows absolutely nothing about anything, but it's supposed to be funny. And that's the format. And it works most of the time. And that's some the same the format as uh, Jim Jeffries podcast. 
Yep. Exactly yeah. the same format. That, that, that seems to be a very popular format, and that's exactly what he does. Um, it's pretty good. Like it depends. You know, you got to be into the subject matter, I suppose, and they tell you what it is. But it's it's worth a. I I wouldn't listen to every single episode, but if there's something I'm into, I'll listen to it, and it's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. It looks like they've upped the time limit. Now they're an hour long. Oh, okay. They've... Some of them are longer. Yeah, I'm seeing that now too. Uh, some of the yeah. episodes that I was listening to were like 20, 30 minutes, but yeah, I can see it stretching to an hour if it's an interesting subject. I'll give a few a listen. I, and, I, I, uh, I've, I've done uh, podcast bankruptcy recently and killed everything that I was listening to. So I'm starting from scratch. So it's a good <laughs> we'll place. Give that want to go. Yeah. Uh, you might want to add back in Curious Creatures, which is the podcast by Lowell Tolhurst, one of the founding members of The Cure, and Budgie, who played uh, drums for Susie and the Banshees and The Creatures and uh, all kinds of people, just uh, goth luminaries. And they had Shirley Manson on. And you know I love a good Shirley Manson interview because, man, that girl can just talk about anything. There is zero filter and she's hilarious. And uh, she's on the show with them. So it's an absolutely fun, fantastic episode. Good time. You know, I love me some Shirley Manson, too. So I'll be all over that. Yeah. And I mentioned the world's greatest con uh, a couple episodes ago Mm because David never heard it. And I just want to say that the new season is coming very soon as a Patreon subscriber and uh, friend of Brian. I got I got a couple episodes a while back, but now I've got a couple more. And it is solid. It is it is really, really, really solid. So go sign up now. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, get caught up from seasons one and two, and season they're they're all separate. Season one is a whole standalone. Season two is a standalone, and season three will be a standalone as well. But uh, it's fucking great. They do a great job with that show. Very right. happy it's back. Um, Zane Lamprey has a new uh, stand up special on Amazon Prime for free called Tender Looks, and uh, I know you're a Zane Lamprey fan. Well, did you get it? Did you? Uh... I used to be a Zane Lamprey fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was... you know what this uh, what this actually made me do? It uh, gave me cause to uh, unsubscribe from his mailing list. Yeah, yeah, I did that. I did that <laughs> when I stopped drinking the first time because uh, it's just like, okay, I'm going to be at a bar telling jokes. Uh, I've seen Zane do stand up in person before mm-hmm. on his Drinking Made Easy tour, and uh, he wasn't funny then as a stand up. And he's not funny now. He's a not a good stand-up. Like, his show format was awesome for the time. Uh, Three yeah. Sheets to the Wind, I will stand by that and say I thoroughly enjoyed every episode when it was on the air. Since then, it's been diminishing returns, and he's not a good stand-up. No, I mean, what's great, the, the show was actually not bad when it was just him telling stories about Three Sheets yeah. and traveling and all that stuff. When he tried to tell a joke, it fell so flat, and it was so painful and I'm just like, okay, I made it 20 minutes and I had to turn it off. I felt so bad. I'm just like, oh, but well, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, Jason, you just move on and that's just okay. move on. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I started to watch Lucky Hank, the new Bob Odenkirk vehicle. Oh, I've heard AMC. good things about that. I have uh, – here's the deal. I made it longer with Zane Lamprey than I did with Lucky Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was um, – it didn't land for me. I'm going to give it another shot. Uh, I think it's up to episode four this week. Um, but just the the lack of press around it, I just found out about it randomly that it was out on some direct TV interstitial ad that they started putting up when you hit pause now. And I'm like, oh, that's out? And <laughs> I think it's got a 6.7 on IMDb. I didn't okay. look at the uh, I didn't look at the uh, Rotten Tomatoes on it. But, well, uh, I still haven't caught up with the end of Better Call Saul, so I, I've got oh, some uh, – some- stuff to catch up on and i'll just see if lucky hank gets 
unlucky and gets yeah, I'd, w- I'd wait a little bit on that one. But you got to finish Saul, man. I want to hear what you think. Oh, uh, you know, it's it's one of those ones I can't watch without the wife. So we're trying to schedule all that in, and, and we're also trying to figure out where the f it is. Like I'm trying to find it streaming where I don't have to pay for it. Bit torn. <clears throat> yeah, well, um, it might be that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's because uh, that's what I thought. Uh, we had a we had a, a row at the house because I thought it totally stuck the landing, and my roommate thought it definitely did not come anywhere close. <laughs> she thought it BSG'd, um, okay. but I loved it. I, I, I love the ending of Better Call Saul. Um, but after the failure of Zane and Lucky Hank, I'm like, man, I really want to, I just want some good sci-fi. And I was thinking of the stuff that I really, really liked recently um, that I could go back and watch. So I'm going back and rewatching Altered Carbon season one. Uh, yeah. You, you do remember season two, right? Season two was a, un, yeah, just unmitigated <laughs> shit show. It was terrible. But Altered Carbon season one, I thought was really, really good. It was. It was fantastic. Yeah, so I just finished episode one, and now I'm remembering why it was so good. So I'm I'm definitely doing that. And the show Travelers, I really, really, really liked that show. I thought they did a really good job with it, and I thought it I thought it made it all the way to the end and tied itself up kind of nicely on season three. I I I watched the first episode, and I just it didn't grab me. Yeah, it takes a little bit because it's kind of confusing. Once it, it takes a couple episodes to get into it and get the entire story and kind of put it all together. But once right. you once it comes together, it comes together. Okay. It really does. I really, really love that show. And if you happen to be in Vegas, uh, there's a punk rock museum. Probably not up your alley, but uh, <laughs> I would go. It, yeah, it just opened on April 1st. So I would definitely check it out. There's a link in the show notes. It looks like they've got some decent stuff. And the cool thing about it is you can see who's giving the tours that day. And it's like punk rock royalty, you know, the people who are there are actually giving you the the walkthroughs. So I really would, I, if I ever go back to Vegas, which I'm pretty sure I'm not going to do, <laughs> uh, kind of not the town for me anymore. No. Uh, not because I'm just not drinking, but just because I'm sick of fucking vegas I, I haven't had fun in vegas since i was in my jesus 20s or early 30s at the most so it's been a good 20 years since i've had fun in vegas so but you gotta uh, learn to have a different kind of fun i enjoy it when i go with my wife quite a bit but you know okay. we just spend an insane amount of money on a ridiculous meal made by you know top chefs and all that sort of stuff and then float in the pool all day it's fine well, that's, that's one <laughs> way to do it yeah okay uh, let's see. I, I've got a story that shocked me yesterday because this is a band that I've loved for, well, forever, which is kind of funny because it's the 30th anniversary of forever. And they are going to play a show one off in London, which is killing me because I won't be going to, to celebrate the fact with the original lineup. They haven't, uh, God, I don't think they've done anything since the late nineties. Uh, we um, should mention the band is the cranes. Oh, because... the band is the cranes. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes you're talking about there. the cranes. Yes. Well, nobody knows them. Like I, I'm convinced this is one of the bands that like, I'm the only person that is aware of. I well, love this band. <laughs> love them. I love all of their albums. And I can't believe they're actually getting back together and only doing it once. Hopefully this will lead to a, a bigger tour of some sort, but I, I somehow doubt it. Uh, if you're one of the people on Discord that liked my last two, the new bands that I mentioned the other week, you need to go back and find the Cranes. You will love them. Oh, yes. No. Uh, did you ever see the Cranes? Oh, yes. Many okay. Times. Yeah. Okay. I only saw them once, uh, but it was uh, it was at the Metro in Chicago. And uh, in the 90s, and man, was it cra- – I just love the Cranes. God, that's, that's one of those bands that's just like, you know, up there in, in my, my pantheon of fantastic <laughs> bands nobody's ever heard of. Yes, they are, sure. they are that band for sure. 
Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and uh, we did uh, highlight the how to write a Smith song in one minute. Yep. And uh, a couple weeks ago, and which someone's a making a go of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, a friend of the show, Bob, uh, shot me a note on Discord that uh, the guy had written how to write a Bauhaus song in one minute. And then yeah. I'm like, OK, wait, let me go out to his whole channel and take a peek. And like, oh, yeah, he's got a whole suite of these things. Yeah. But he did uh, Bauhaus and Depeche Mode. Both of those are in the in the show notes and he nailed it on both of them, I thought. Yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he's not wrong. Yep. Ups and doodads. All right, so I've never used Google Drive, but apparently they stepped on it again. This seems to be Google's uh, Google's main uh, operation these days is stepping on it. They removed a, a 5 million file creation cap for Drive because they got a massive backlash for implementing it without telling anyone. Yeah, that would really screw people up. <laughs> you now you think 5 million files. Boy, that's a lot of files. Who would create more than 5 million files? Well, when you've got 30 tetrabytes of storage available at their highest tier and you're paying for it and you've got a bunch of small files, which you probably do, you can easily hit that number. And a lot of oh, people I, did. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually if – I, if I would have put everything I have over on my 3 terabytes of storage on uh, Google Drive that I have right now, it would have hit that easily. Because, I mean, hell, my font library alone probably would have hit that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. They, they implemented this to preserve stability and optimize performance. And then they quickly unimplemented it because, yes, it actually yeah, pissed the off. The pitchforks came out. People. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Seriously, if I'm paying for it, don't give me a fucking cap. I'm paying for space. That's yes. it. If I'm giving you money for 30 terabytes, then, you know. It doesn't matter how many files I put on. I give you 1K files or, or one byte files. Suck it up and, and deal yeah, with it. That's what I'm paying for. Yep. And this little Easter egg was uh, making its way around that I thought was pretty funny. Uh, there's apparently a copy of the Bitcoin white paper hidden in uh, your image capture program if you have a Mac. Okay. So there's sure. a uh, – you know, it's just one of those things that people put in there for testing or whatever, and somebody left it. And everybody's like, oh, why is it in there? Is it a secret message? Is it, you know, is Apple going to do that? It's like, no, programmer no. got bored. <clears throat> no. That's it. Yeah. We get it. bored. That's why there's Dogecoin on Twitter. Yeah. You saw that it tanked again as soon as the, the dog came off. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm so, I'm fucking so sick of Elon. I'm so sick yep. of him. Uh, I've, I've mentioned the Apple watch timers on the show many times because mm -hmm. I was so happy when you got multiple timers. Yes. I thought that was the greatest thing. The thing that pisses me off the most is that you can't yell at Siri to turn off the timer. One of the, you know, the greatest annoyances. There's no, there's no prompt that you can engineer to make Siri shut the hell up when it comes to the <laughs> timer on your watch. And it's sitting there vibrating and you're trying to get to it. You're doing stuff and it's like, ah, shut up. Then you got to find the little thing. So – I don't know where I found this, but there's a simple little simple little hack to turn off the damn thing. Just slap your hand over it. There, oh, it that it's, works. It's a, yeah, it's a cover. Okay. It's called like cover to stop. I think that's it. Well, so if you just if you slap it real fast and put your hand over it, it'll turn off. So like, basically, okay. it's always had a solution. There's just been no documentation, none whatsoever. <laughs> the dark side. Ha! With Dave. Welcome to the segment formerly known as Security. Ha! We're joined as always by Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast for all your cybersecurity news. The co-host of Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, discussing how humans are mean. The co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, because people are nosy. And the co-host of Control Loop, because industrial machines have feelings too. Welcome, Dave. 
That is the best introduction of of the the range of shows that I'm on that I think I've ever heard. I certified 100 percent human, by the way. <laughs> okay, very that good. one I wrote. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. See, that's why. That's why yep. it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Good to be all back. Right. We all caught up on Mando? Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, what? Oh, okay. A little too much stunt casting for me. I, I have always complained about uh, what my biggest complaint about Elvis. Tom Hanks took me out of the movie. Oh. Jack Black. I love Jack Black. I love him. I, <laughs> I love Tenacious D. I, yeah. I love comedies that he's in. But Jack Black is Jack Black in anything that he is, and all of us, all Jack Black took me out of the Mandalorian. Okay, he okay. really, I, Christopher Guest, or perfect, fine. Could I was <laughs> I spent the whole I was like, who is that? I know that guy. He's very familiar. Yeah. Now, now if he looked like Doc Brown, that would have confused me, and I would My have son taken said, out. Of is it. that Doc Brown? I said, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, Christopher Lloyd, not Christopher Guest. By the oh, way. sorry, Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Um, so that <laughs> right, right. so, but Jack Black and Lizzo, it's stunt casting gone awry, like a little bit too much for me. Like I get what they uh, were going for. It was a, it was a fun, lilting, quick little episode, self-contained, very clever, very funny. Yes, okay, mm-hmm. but still, no Jack. I, I don't need Jack Black in my Star Wars. <laughs> you know, okay. I was I, I was excited by it because I I also am a Jack Black super fan. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't bother me, didn't bother me at all. I'm like, okay, you know, look, he's riding with Starbuck. Okay, come on, I can't, I, whatever. <laughs> I'm all I, good. With I it. thought that uh, to me it was that I did not know that Jack Black and Lizzo are the Hollywood power couple we all need. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Right. I mean, I think they should be given their own show. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. I will add that uh, I saw the Super Mario's brother movie last night, which Jack Black is in. He plays Bowser. So you got Jack Black playing Jack Black in in uh, Mario Brothers movie. Yes. Okay. He yeah. is. Yeah. But it works. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I can actually, see it working in that movie. Yes. I yes, can. he actually does a little tenacious D as Bowser and. It works. the the super Super Mario movie is a fun romp, a light movie, nothing more than that. Go into it with those expectations, and I think you'll enjoy it. Um, my sense is that um, because my son is a big Mario player, right. there's a ton of Easter eggs in that movie that just went over my head. But he had a great time with it. So excellent. Yeah, I think it's a bit too early for me to see this movie because Lucas, my son, is just kind of teetering on the edge of figuring out what games are and he hasn't mm-hmm. played Mario Brothers yet, but I see this in my future for sure on Netflix <laughs> or wherever it will be streaming. Um, right. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of Star Wars news. The The big thing is going on in London right now. It's it's uh, The timing hasn't worked out well for me to really be too up to date on this, but uh, I, I do bring a couple things to the table here. Uh, that I'm aware of, we they have they have announced a new movie scheme. So they they are not following your lead, uh, Dave, and sticking just with TV shows. They have boldly mm-hmm. decided to go ahead and do movies. I'm happy to hear that they're all standalones. Where they're they're not announcing any epic three uh, three movie series or anything. And distinct timelines. We are getting a Dawn of the Jedi movie directed by James Mangold, who did Logan. Then um, this will be twenty five thousand years before the Phantom Menace. Then it's when they discover the Force. Uh, hmm. We are getting a Dave Filoni helmed Mandalorian era movie, which will, I guess, tie up um, 
I, I guess all the shows will be leading up to a tie-up that will occur in a movie. So yeah, we'll see. That's a way and, to it's a way to get twenty bucks out of each of yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Already, <laughs> right? Because yeah, that, that Disney, Disney subscription wasn't enough. Aren't enough. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, and we've heard that Daisy Ridley is coming back as Rey, who will now be a Jedi Master. That will take place fifteen years after the last of uh, the last trilogy movies. So three movies. We'll see. All right. All right. Uh, and I did get to see the Osaka trailer, and wow, that looks good. Mm-hmm. Not a Jack Black in sight. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Osaka trailer seems to me to be more grown-up Star Wars, which yes. I'm I'm here for. Yes, yeah. me too. So yeah. Uh, also, they dropped a new trailer for Indy. Did you see Ooh, that? No, I will be watching that as soon as we're done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so <laughs> the official, I guess, first full-length trailer for the new indie movie is out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I, this is another movie I will go see because oh, it's yes. indie, and uh, I love indie. Yes. Um, interesting trailer that sort of sets the scene of um, and and an indie that perhaps time has passed by, and his uh, I guess his goddaughter uh, comes and gets involved, and there's time travel, it seems, and so on and so forth. But oh, great! Hey, it's indie. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely time travel because I've seen some of the uh, de-ageification work done on Harrison Ford, and I got to say, well, I mean, they have more money than God, so of course it mm-hmm. looks great. It looks fantastic, yeah. and <laughs> and they know exactly what Harrison Ford looks like as Indy, yes. <laughs> as a younger man. So yeah, <laughs> yes. right? They have good source material. <laughs> Oh, speaking yeah. of that, um, speaking of that sort of thing, I, I, I did see this as a passing headline. I didn't even think to throw it in the show. Um, Katie Sackhoff signed off on the rights for to Disney for them to be able to use her voice uh, past her after she passes for in perpetuity for Disney uh, to huh. to continue the character. If they cash want out while you can, baby, yeah. cash out while you can. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, why not? Why not? Right? Huh. I, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's going to be the hot new thing in entertainment contracts or they'll – well, I suspect first thing they'll do is try to sneak it in the fine print. Yes. Exactly. And then yeah. rely. You want the role, don't you? Well, then you got to <laughs> right. sign this. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, hmm. Interesting. That's the first I've heard of that, that sort of thing. But yeah, me too. It's uh, certainly for any kind of uh, – some of it's been in gaming for quite uh, – for a little bit. But uh, this is the first I've heard of any kind of like, you know, actual studio actor kind of thing. So, of oh, course, you know what? go to Disney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I heard uh, just yesterday, same sort of thing. I saw a passing headline, but I didn't read the story that um, uh, Iman has licensed David Bowie's voice – to oh. do um, – I now, again, all I saw was the headline, so I'm totally talking out of my ass here, but that's never stopped me in the past. Um, that to do like audiobooks. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So there's another example of that. Right. Audiobooks. Right. That's an interesting switcher, switcheroo. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, thank God we're not getting trailer or commercials for Skittles from David Bowie. Like at least it's <laughs> – Well, <laughs> so the here's the thing. Could you sample David Bowie, use it for your Skittles commercial, and just not say who it who it is? Well, right? uh, the, that is the the tech uh, move fast and break things credo. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. but uh, just move fast and get a little bit. And... I'm not sure I would pick David Bowie because you will get sued by a very large organization. 
If you get caught. If you get caught. Yes. I mean, I think about how many commercials we've all heard over the years where they're basically they rang up central casting and said, get me someone who sounds like Morgan Freeman or get me someone that sounds like James Earl Jones. And so how close can you get before you cross the line? Pretty damn close. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not them. Well, and you, you don't know. need to ring up central casting anymore. You could probably just do a little bit of a tweak on a setting, you know, train it on David Bowie and then, uh, you know, demodulate it X amount. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like pitch shift yeah. it half a tone or something. Yeah, just exactly. Easy. Right. Right. Yeah. Fun Add some little random elements to the cadence and uh, make it just different enough. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm going to skip on the indie trailer. I'm just going to wait for the movie. I'm going to try okay. to at least. I can respect that. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to I don't want to nuke my own fridge as it were. <laughs> right. Now, uh just a little bit of privacy news here, security news. I know we're in the dark side, so we'll <laughs> keep this short. Yeah. Uh, I saw this come through from CTV News. Uh good old good old Canada coming through here say don't tell anything to a chatbot you want to keep private. Mm-hmm. Now, it's sad that we have to say this to people, but yeah, duh. <laughs> um mm-hmm. The thing about ChatGPT is, you know, it's new. We've already had we've already had security problems with them when people log in and they get somebody else's complete chat stream, and right. so you know, it's not really job one over there right now. And it, it's yeah, don't say anything on the internet you don't want anybody else to know about, as as Eric Schmidt would say. Um, right. But yeah, this is it, the thing about this though is this is a creative tool, so people are going to be saying some crazy shit in there, yeah. and. You know, it, hopefully they're not going to hold it against anybody because if you're writing a book about terrorists and you're asking terroristy things, do they come and, you know, slap the bracelets on you? Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple stories were sort of along these lines that I've seen this week. Um, one of them was about uh, – it was a professor at yes. a college. Yeah. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where, yeah. I forgot um, to put that in the notes. Yeah, it's basically the first like libel case. Or slander case? Yeah, forget, yeah. So someone asked ChatGPT about to, to name some professors that had had uh, issues with conduct, and yes, inappropriate it came touching. back and yeah, and it said that this professor had had uh, inappropriate touching with students, and it even referenced uh, a story in the Washington Post, and none of that was true. There was no story in the Washington Post, and this professor had never been accused of anything. So comes back to fact bad. checking as a service for yep. you know these these right. prompt engineers. <laughs> yeah. Right. The other one I saw was there were a bunch of uh, folks at Samsung who got their wrists slapped because they had been loading things into Chat GPT that were proprietary company information. Oops. Um, and I yeah, and I can't remember if someone was able to to pull it out or whatever. But I I think that's inevitable. Um, One thing I did see uh, was that um, if you go to the web interface of ChatGPT, there is a way to opt out of having your information become part of the corpus. There is a privacy setting to have it not do that and everybody should do that. Uh, (laughs) But you have to opt out. The default is to opt in. On the ChatGPT API, it's the opposite. You are opted out. Unless you opt in. So hmm. good to know. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm I'm at the uh, I'm at the web settings page here, and I cannot find that anywhere. <laughs> so, mm. Well, they okay. tend not to put those front and center, do they? Yeah, we have yeah. to go to the uh, the help notes somewhere, but uh, it's definitely not an easy to find option. Well, mm-hmm. in, in addition to not telling an open system anything you want to keep private, you might want to not even tell. Oh, I don't know some apps that probably have their entire business model revolving around the fact that you're supposed to be kept private. You may not want to tell them either. Online alcohol recovery startups Monument and Tempest got caught sharing confidential user data with advertisers without consent. Oopsies! Nope. An internal review revealed a data breach impacting 100,000 users, forcing the companies to issue a formal disclosure to the user base. The violations started in 2017 and were ongoing until just last month. Now, parent company Monument, which has purchased Tempest, they used to be separate, but now this one company owns both, uh, shared private information with advertisers via notification. Uh, data included adverti- uh, without user consent included patients' names, date of birth, email addresses, postal addresses, phone numbers, insurance information, and more. Oh, shit. Ooh. Yeah, including <laughs> alcohol consumption data. Yes. They also shared data related to appointment information, assessment information, and survey responses, which included how much booze they were drinking. But they want you to know they are committed to privacy and said that <laughs> their <laughs> survey responses are protected, even though it's obvious they weren't. Uh, they're, of course, blaming third-party tracking systems for the issue, stating that they have removed the offending tracking codes from their website. That does not really explain how this data got shared just through a tracking pixel, but, you know, there you go. Yeah. Good job, it's, guys. Good job. Just <laughs> despicable. Absolutely yeah. despicable. Yeah, I mean, these people at their most vulnerable. Yeah, uh, these, these things are supposed to be there to help people to serve as private and confidential things that are supposed to be very good for us and people in their time of need. And what the fuck are these people doing? Mm-hmm. I just not their understand. job. Yeah. No, well, it depends on what you define a... their job as. If That's their job true. is to make money, I suppose they're doing their job. Right. Well, not after <laughs> they get the fines for all these, <laughs> these yeah. problems. Gotta and I hope they do. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm actually part of a recovery app called I Am Sober. But mm-hmm. the thing about this app is, it's even got community built into it. So out of the gate, it's, you know, it you says know it's that it's not anonymous or private. It's not anonymous or private. So they're at least doing it right. So you can mm-hmm. actually, you know, talk to each other because that's, you know, part of recovery is talking to people. So that part I can see. So if that one got breached on you. But uh, these guys are actual, you know, recovery. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. So caveat emptor. But if, if you are trying to quit and you want a decent community, check out the I Am Sober app. It's not it's not bad. Hmm. There is a related article here that I saw this week, and this is a a woman who, uh, in the course of having a child, was very deliberate about opting out of uh, any sort of sharing of her information at her doctor's office. Um, And I just want to back up a minute here and say that the medical – organization, the the giant medical company uh, that that this doctor's office used for intake. So mm-hmm. the forms you fill out when you go to the doctor um, is an organization called Freesia. And as part of their intake in the fine print is the ability to take the information you use in your intake for advertisers. Again... <laughs> Again, that should be illegal. Despicable. Yeah. A medical intake form, someone has decided we're going to make a few bucks 
and secretly opt you in, you know, not not make it obvious that we're opting you in to do targeted advertising based on your medical intake forms. Yeah. And to me, this is why we need a federal privacy law. It's just it's out of control. It is is absolutely out of control. Yeah. We need the Internet police. Ten years on, we've been still we're still saying it. They're still not here. Yeah. Well, and this the woman in this article did the work. She she was, as I say, meticulous about this. And when she discovered that her data had been shared, she did the work after the fact with the companies to say, show me where you got my permission to do this. Right. And eventually they admitted that they could not. And, <laughs> and they just did it anyways. And I wish there were a way to throw the book at these folks who are so fast and loose with our private well, information, particularly our medical information. I'm sure the whole system was built with the idea that there is absolutely no way that anybody is going to go through all of this to opt out. So why even bother having that built in? Right. Right. It's all dark <laughs> yeah. patterns. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's just horrible. Uh, in other security news, ransomware hackers have leaked the second batch of city data from Oakland. Uh, the city has confirmed that Play, the hacker group claiming responsibility for it, has shared a second batch of info on the dark web. Officials aren't sharing more details, but journalists are. Uh, sources say the dump was 600 gigabytes and included uh, confidential Oakland Police Department files, including disciplinary records, council members' communications, and city staff medical records. Uh, the first batch was only 10 gigabytes, so it's, this is a lot more going on. The Oakland police are pissed because if anybody goes through that, they're probably going to find that the Oakland police have been doing some things they shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> and they are now yeah. demanding $25,000 per officer for the damage done through the leak. <laughs> well, who are they going to get that it's, from? Well, yeah. <laughs> doesn't this strike – I mean, doesn't this strike you as being a bit of a shakedown? Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, $25,000 per officer from the police union? Mm-hmm. Come on, gang. Yeah. Ugh. By wow. the way, aren't the police supposed to be the ones that are stopping these sorts of things from happening? And that obviously not. They're, I mean, you know, cybercrime isn't really in their purview, but still, you're the police. It's right. a crime. Now they're, you want money yeah. for the crime? There are things that come with the job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <sighs> well, in good news. Yes, in good news. <laughs> Uh, TechCrunch has reported that the FBI has seized the Genesis market, a major marketplace for stolen logins, as part of an international campaign dubbed Operation Cookie Monster. Authorities have arrested roughly 120 people worldwide as part of the bust, including 19 people in the UK. Uh, beyond the US and the UK, the campaign included agencies from Australia, Canada, Denmark, Sweden, and European countries like Germany and Poland. So this uh, market was founded in 2018 and sold logins, cookies, and browser fingerprints taken from breach systems. Now, this is pretty great. Not only could hackers sign into accounts that they've created, but they could impersonate web browsers to access those accounts without needing a password or two-factor authentication tokens. And they got up-to-the-minute data from victims, a valuable resource for hackers that sometimes have to settle for old and sometimes useless data. I would argue they should probably just uh, become an insurance company or a healthcare company, and they can get all that (laughs) data immediately. Yeah. 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 Much easier. So um, I had an interesting conversation about this story with uh, Tim Starks from the Washington Post's uh, Cybersecurity 202 column. He, he po- publishes that daily. He did an interview with um, uh, someone from the DOJ and it was about their focus on disruption that 
they're not just waiting for things to happen. They're actually looking for opportunities to go in here with this sort of thing, get in there with their international partners and shut stuff down. And it, right. I think we're seeing an accelerated pace of that. And uh, I think that's good. Yeah, me too. This is great. So more of it, please. I guess we're getting those uh, international police one way or another. So they're all working together, which is great. So more of it, please. Shut them all down. Yeah. 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 Make it so it's not worth doing business. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to go watch an Indiana Jones us. trailer now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I'll watch it. Damn. You sounded like Cookie Monster there, Jason. Cookie. Nom, 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 Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Leaf. M, Ryan, Stefan, Sean, and Alexander. And I don't know if it is Leaf or Leif. It can, can go either way, depending on. Leaf, but... uh, well, Leif Erickson, Leif yeah, Garrett. Yeah, that's true. Goes back and forth. So All right. either way, thank you for Fair joining enough. us on Patreon. All right. And over at PayPal, we've got Nicola, Thomas, Nikolai, Benjamin, and Christopher, who gave us a big 50 bucks. Now, I don't know if it's Thomas or Tomas. Oh, Toma. Could be Toma. Well, over on the tip jar, we've got Mario, Linda, Christopher, and Matthew. What are you doing? An ad for the Mario Brothers movie there? Mario. It's me, Mario. <laughs> I'm Italian. I can get away with that shit. Yeah, you keep telling you keep telling yourself that. I do. Uh, we got do. a new review, Jason. Two stars. Oh, and I, I love can it. tell you I can tell you why just from the ti- from the name the person put in. God believer loves science. Oh yeah. The name says it all. Well, that also applies to your your name great yeah. podcast if you want to be in a negative state of mind it's, it's called grumpy tin. old geeks it's on the fucking tin are you s- <laughs> <laughs> oh god nobody i don't reads. know nobody reads nobody reads nobody yeah. reads anything it, it, it the manual is embedded right there on the cover come yeah. on oh well Anyways, uh, sad news came out this week. Uh, Sire Records' Seymour Stein, whose musical taste shaped a generation, passed away this week. He was uh, not young, but uh, basically my entire teenage years and my adult music taste are basically because of him. He signed everybody. Yep. Uh, he signed Madonna. He signed the Talking Heads. He signed the Ramones. He helped bring the Smiths, Depeche Mode, Echo the Bunnymen, and The Cure to the U.S. I mean, my entire musical... Do you remember the Just Say Yes compilations, the CD samplers? Yep. Yep. That's him. He yep. did those. Yeah. He was 80 years old. And it's funny. Uh, I was actually, we were in talks to to a podcast with him last year. Oh, man. That would have been fun. great. I would have listened to that. Yep. Yep. The yep. problem, the problem basically came down to all the good stories you couldn't tell. So. Yeah. <laughs> just... God, I hope there's a book sitting somewhere in a desk drawer that somebody's going to find. Well, he's got a book, but it's not. It's not. But I hope book. that other book, yeah, is the real in book, a desk drawer somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the real book. So we no. have a link in the show notes where just uh, basically everybody that was everybody is uh, shouting out, his, giving him shout outs. So it's pretty. Um, we we lost a legend, basically. Yep. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister, and I'm Jason DeFilippo. It's a me, a Jason DeFilippo. <laughs> Lean into it, Thanks Jason. I'm getting, I'm leading into it. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on. the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. (laughs) That's a grumpy. That's a grumpy. (laughs) 
You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies, probably more your enemies. <laughs> it's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 596. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. <laughs> Stay a grumpy. <laughs> 